We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Bob Marjanovic, and you listen to Step Back. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back three. Oh, Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads. Dang, go relax. Still at the champ. Diva still coming with the calibers flow. The man's the best on the floor. I'm wild. But Matt, I don't know about you, but I, I, I honestly think, and I'm biased, that's probably the best intro uh, out there as far as, as far as Mavs stuff goes. I mean, I, I know there's some good ones out there, but I just – I think it's probably one of the best ones. And, guys, it gets even better than that because uh, our guy, Andrew Bishop, he goes by 6-6 Drew. He, he does incredible work. He's got, a, he's got a new album coming out in about a month called Black Roses. Y'all want to check that out. But he recently made us a new intro. And every time he does this, Matt, we're just like – like, we know it's going to be better than what the last one is. But, you know, he's got his own studio now. Uh, he's he's become better at mixing, you know, all the – he's got some high-tech uh, apps that he uses to, you know, mix all of his music and make it sound crisp and everything. And I think our, our diehard listeners are really going to enjoy this. And then, you know, we also have a – uh youtube video we're going to post with that on there to where when people ask hey what is that where can i listen to it we can refer them uh to our youtube channel so that's going to be exciting uh we also just have a general rebrand coming since we joined the blue wire podcast network uh we're waiting to get some concepts back uh, as far as our new logo and everything and something that's just more mavs colors i mean i I love what we have right now, 
but <laughs> Matt, it's like uh, it's like I sent you the other day. You know, we kind of uh, those color scheme. The color scheme kind of resembles those uh, those teal and black uh, Charlotte Hornets jerseys. <laughs> Buzz City, baby. Yeah, Buzz, Buzz City. So uh, we're gonna go through a little rebrand, and I think it's gonna be really cool. And I think all of you are are gonna love it. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I, I uh, hope. I hope they keep my our cartoon faces though. Well, I mean, even if they don't, I mean, I have those, I have those files saved. So I mean, they could always be added to it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see what it looks like. I'm excited about it, and we could have that as early as as early as next week. So we'll see how it goes. But anyway, guys, welcome into another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. Uh, you know, I'm your host, Alton Trigg, and I'm joined with Matt, as always. And uh, the Mavs, they finally ended their three-game losing streak. That was something that they didn't do all of last season. Uh, but given the the weird circumstances of this season, uh, they have five guys out due to uh, NBA protocol. Uh, they had Jalen Brunson. They just got Jalen Brunson back these last few games, and, I mean, he's played – amazing since coming back uh, he's helped out a lot but just overall you can tell that uh you know this has taken this little stretch of games since that Denver game where guys have been out Josh Richardson Dorian Finney-Smith uh Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell and Brunson for a little bit and he's back now but you can just tell it's kind of uh taking its toll you know they did win in Indiana 124-112 and Luca, he had a triple double. KP, it was by far his best game of the season. Shooting percentage wise, it was the the highest shooting percentage for a game in his entire career. Uh, Twelve of fifteen from the field, he was amazing. Uh, but you know, like I said, you could kind of tell with Luca's body language throughout that game that this stretch has really taken its toll, and we should be getting close uh, to those guys that are out coming back unless they've had, you know, some complications, you know, this virus, it affects people uh, in different ways because Matt, as you know, I had it. Uh, my wife, she teaches fourth grade uh, elementary school and uh, she got it and came she had to quarantine. I had to quarantine with her and sure enough, I got it two days later. And, you know, for us, I know it affects everybody differently, but for us, you know, it was kind of like having uh kind of like having the flu for two or three days, you know, just felt really cruddy uh, for two to three days there. And then even after we got over it, you know, it took me, it took me probably three, four weeks after I got it to where my strength was back up to where it, you know, normally is. So uh, I would, can I would say that we had a mild case of it, but I mean, it does have lingering effects on some people and I'm sure that professional athletes, you know, probably could handle it better than I can. But like I said, everybody's different. So hope everybody is, is doing okay with that. Uh, if they are, you know, we're getting close. I think it's the 13th. It's almost been two, two weeks almost since that happened. So no, exactly two weeks today. Uh, so we should be getting close to getting those guys back. But what do you think, Matt? What do you think about the Mavs win last night? And do you think they have enough gas in the tank to finish out what is a brutal stretch to end January? I mean, COVID or not, or these guys coming back or not, it was going to be a brutal stretch anyway. Um, 
So I I thought they played well last night. Um, I thought that that was one of their better games in the season. Um, How about Josh Green? Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to choose from. We're, we're going to talk about Josh Green. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but I thought I thought it was a great win. Um, you know, one of their best all around wins of the season. But as far as this, the six games and nine i mean that's just brutal but we knew that stuff was coming up with with, like with the shortened season and everything we knew things were going to be a little condensed with with the way things changed and yeah it's it's unfortunate but the good thing is that you know the Mavs aren't the only team that's are going to have to deal with it Um, everybody's going to have stretches like this you just you hope that they get guys like josh richardson and well, really specifically Josh Richardson and Josh Richardson and Josh Richardson back. Uh, <laughs> and Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, he, well, he's... Yes, a... but also Josh Richardson. <laughs> uh, you, you need him back more than anybody, I think. And, and Dorian as well. But, uh, you know, maybe Dwight stays on the COVID list for a little while longer. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> well, he, he was the last he was the last one to get it. So, I think he's definitely going to be out longer than the rest of the guys. But... Maxi, I think we've kind of, uh, I think we've kind of looked over his absence too, because, I mean, they, I think, you know, we had this debate, you know, when everybody gets healthy and KP's back and all that, who would start or who would go back to the bench? Would it be Willie Colley Stein or would it be KP? And before last night, they tried playing Colley Stein at the five and KP at the four, and it just didn't work out. Now, if Maxie comes back, you can play him at the four because he's shooting uh, an outstanding – I think it's like 45% from three so far this season. So, that works. You can play him at the four. He's a really good defender both, you know, down low and on the perimeter. And then you can have KP at the five. And we saw last night that, you know, that just opens so much. It opens up so much for KP offensively. And – we, I mean, that's not a secret. We knew that. You know, I, I put this on Twitter last night, but, you know, I went to basketball reference and I just looked from the game after Dwight Powell got injured last year. So that was the point where KP was moved to the five. And remember, KP, he, he struggled early on last season. Uh, so after he was moved to the five, from that point through the end of the bubble seeding games, he averaged 25, 10, and two blocks and shot, you know, almost 50, 40, 90 uh, shooting splits. So he definitely is best utilized at the five. I don't know why. I don't even know why this is even a debate with some people. I mean, <laughs> the, the proof is in the stats. I mean, he's just better when he's at that position. And, you know, I'm – I'm perfectly fine. And I said this the last time we talked about it too. I'm perfectly fine with Kali Stein coming off the bench as long as he's still getting minutes, you know, over Powell because he's proven it all season now. He's a plus when he's on the, on the court, you know, he might have a few moments where he doesn't finish a dunk or, you know, he gets a foul that's kind of frustrating, but overall, he has helped this team a ton, and, you know, it's looking like he's going to be a, a steal on that that two-year, I think it's $8 million contract, so he's making $4 million a year, uh, and the Mavs have a team option for next year, so that's really valuable, 
you know, given what he's provided for them so far. So I think it's a, it's a good problem to have, uh, but I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think Maxie's going to plug in next to KP at the four. They're going to have a dynamic shooting front court <laughs> and two guys that can block shots. And uh, I think it's going to work out well. And they're going to start stacking up some wins, you know, after they get past this, this brutal stretch that they're in right now. So, uh, well, you mentioned that people overlooked Maxi being gone. And I, th- I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. I, you know, I, I think people have been overlooking that everybody that has been gone has been gone. Oh yeah. There, there's you been know, a the, lot the, of hot takes. <laughs> yeah. Like there, there, there's been a lot, like even in our group DM, I'm not going to mention what you guys said, but like even our group DM with Kirk, like you guys are <laughs> flinging frustrations and hot takes around all the time. And, you know, I'm, I do it too, but I think part of it's just because we weren't, we weren't taking into consideration the fact that they were only had like five players that we, we liked having on the court, you know? Um, it, so it, it's going to be nice to get all those guys back, but that's just a challenge that they're probably going to have to deal with again later in the years. You know, somebody it's bound to happen to somebody else at some point, even with the new, uh, the new guidelines. Well, but I think for... people just need to be patient because it's, you know, we we like Josh Green and we are going to talk about him in a minute, I promise. But he's getting more playing time than he needs and he's getting it in place of one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA and Dorian Finney-Smith. And that makes a huge difference, like just that alone. And not having Maxie's shot blocking and not having, you know, it, it was fine not having Brunson, but like not having Josh Richardson's three point shooting and in, in defense, like all, all that stuff, like that, that all adds up and makes a big, big difference. Well, first so, of all, first of all, group DM on Twitter is sacred. So whatever, hot takes, what, <laughs> whatever hot takes get flung around on there, you know, it's, it's usually in the heat of the moment during the game where things are really frustrating, but I will say this, I mean, I definitely don't think, you know, after some of these losses, I've even seen people, and it's mostly on that Facebook uh, group, <laughs> which, I mean, I, I post stuff there. People, you know, we get a lot of our, our clicks and listens and stuff from people clicking on on Facebook, but there are just some horrible takes on there. And, you know, I've seen people calling for Rick Carlisle's job, which I think that's definitely a huge overreaction. But, you know, that said, it is kind of frustrating because, I mean, uh, the first thing we saw before KP came back, you know, we knew that Willie Colleystein starting would be the, you know, the better option over Powell. They did that, and sure enough, it worked. Then when KP came back, you know, we knew, (laughs) based on previous experience last year, that he's best utilized at the five. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And it took, you know, what was it, three games, three, four games before he got put at the five? <laughs> and he goes off for 27 points on 12 of 15 shooting with 13 rebounds. Yeah, imagine um, thinking you should play a different position. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can uh, understand the frustration, game. but I mean, well, yeah, no, no. I mean, name a better coach that the Mavs could get right now than Rick Carlisle. You can't. So uh, the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. But yeah, there's been a lot of hot takes and this is going to lead into our next topic we're finally going to talk about it but josh green he has been i mean there's a lot of people that have been roasting him lately and saying he's a bust and matt i'm going to pull my hair out if i see one more person reply to me on twitter saying that he is justin anderson 2.0 i I cannot like matt i i'm not kidding i have had so in the last two weeks, I've probably had at least between 10 to 12 people make that reference. And I'm just, okay, it's let me driving take over me here nuts. <laughs> let me, let me say what I have to say. And I, I, I'm pretty sure I've said this in the past and I don't know where people kind of lose sight of this. I get that we live in a culture where we want everything to be, Right now, we want our draft picks to be MVP candidates by the time they're in their fifth game of their first NBA season. But everyone just needs to pump the brakes a little bit. This kid is 20 years old. He's still learning how to play basketball. College basketball is one of the worst basketball learning environments for well, not only not only not only that, but his coach at Arizona, like that was just a complete crap shit like he 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 didn't even get the best experience by a mile you know as far as it came to coaching in his college experience so i mean you got to factor that in too 
Well, here, here's an example. Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, thought to be one of the best basketball coaches in the history of the game. He does not give two bleeps. I'm going to start doing that from now on. He does not give two bleeps about preparing his kids for the NBA. He might say that. He might point and look at and say, hey, look, here is an entire list of players that I have gotten to the NBA. You didn't get them to the NBA. They were good enough from high school most of the time to go to the NBA. You played two centers next to each other in a system that has no place in the NBA and you played zone defense all the time. That's, that's what college coaches do. They, they take little parts and traits of a kid's game that they think could work in their system, not in an NBA system. And they implement those because they want to win championships and make money. They don't give two bleeps about getting the kids to the NBA in real life and, and preparing them. They just want to win. Well, so I mean, going to Arizona he had to deal with that as well. Not in the same, you know, he wasn't Marvin Bagley playing next to Wendell Carter when, you know, they probably shouldn't have been on the court at the same time, but he, you know, he's playing in a college system that they care about winning. And he spent one year there and that's not enough time to go from high school to college to the NBA and, and learn how to develop. Kids just don't stay in college long enough to learn, you know, to do certain things in certain ways. They go, they go straight from playing in a high school gym and playing AAU, which is awful for learning how to play basketball. And they go to, I mean, theory, I mean, pretty much they go, they, they spend a year and then they go, where they don't have to even go to class really. And then they go straight to the NBA. I'm going to reword. I'm going to reword what you said. I don't think that college coaches don't care about getting their players ready for the NBA. I, I I do think that they, you know, I think that's part of the deal when they're, you know, recruiting and uh, you're getting guys to commit to play for you because certain guys like Coach K, John Cal- Calipari, and you know other guys, they have a reputation for having guys get drafted really high. So I, I think that's part of the deal. But I do agree that, you know, that's not the the main fact. Once once they get in the door, <laughs> you know, it becomes uh, you know, instead of utilizing what might be best for them on the court, it's, you know, what what can they do in that system there that that doesn't work in the NBA. So I do agree with that part. But I I don't well, agree that they like, just don't do care. Think, well that's what I mean though. Do you think that 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 Coach K had to to work to get Zion into the NBA. No, he knows <laughs> Zion's going to the NBA. He just he goes, okay, I'm going to recruit these kids that I know are going to go to the NBA, and I'm going to put them in my system. And yeah, they're going to get there. I'll teach them a couple of things along the way, but I want them here so I can win. That's what their main focus is. So the fact that Josh Green wasn't really taught, you know, or is still learning how to play and still, you know getting into you know the professional mindset of being in the NBA and all those different things is not alarming. I mean it's it's 13 games into his rookie season. Why are people already labeling him a bust? It I don't know, but he had a bust. I don't know, but he had, you know, arguably the the best game of his young career in Indiana. You know, he he only played about 
19 minutes, I believe, as a starter, and he ended up with eight points, six rebounds. Uh, he had some really nice cuts. You know, that that's where he's going to excel uh, playing with Luka. He's so athletic and he's so quick with his cuts that, you know, if he does what he did against Indiana on a nightly basis, if he does get some, you know, even if he's not starting, if he gets some minutes with Luka, he's going to end up with at least, you know, four wide open layups a night. He just has to finish it. <laughs> so, and, oh, and I mean, I, look, I, I raved about this. I posted the clip on my, on my Twitter page too, but there was one time where he got the ball in the corner and he was going to drive in and, you know, try to dunk it or get a layup. And he got cut off by uh, Jeremy Lamb and he planted his pivot foot, spun around off of one leg and hit a mid-range dirk shot that was just absolutely beautiful. Nothing but net. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> that could be the moment that gives him, you know, a lot more confidence going forward. Because uh, I think that was the last shot he made of the game, you know, to give him the eight points. And I, I saw that and I was like, you know what? That, that right there paired with his excellent defense – and he does get caught up on screens every now and then, and he's going for some pump fakes. But overall, for a 20-year-old rookie, his defense has been amazing. Uh, and the offense is coming along, the more confidence he gets. So, I mean, he's fine. He's fine. And his ceiling, I mean, if like I said, Matt, if I hear Justin Anderson 2.0 again, I'm going to lose my mind. His well, ceiling, His ceiling is higher – than Justin Anderson 2.0. And, look, I know Justin Anderson ended up having a couple of nice games for the Mavs, you know, before before that era ended. But it's just not the same. He, he's not – Justin Anderson was athletic. He's not Josh Green athletic. <laughs> Very few people are Josh, Josh Green athletic. What I don't understand is why are people being so impatient? It's just the it's just the circumstances. I think everybody has been frustrated. Like I said, but I mean, are, we, they, are they spoiled by what happened with Luca and like what happened yes. with John Morant and all that stuff? Like, not every rookie is going to come in and be Luca or John Morant or Zion and just immediately become this awesome thing. Like, it takes players a couple of years to a lot or most of them. At at least the ones that are, aren't, you know, aren't drafted to immediately come in and make an instant impact like they're in the top five. It takes them a little while to learn and to get used to the speed of the game and the physicality of the game and all the stuff. And he's 13, he's 20 years old. He's 13 games into his first regular season. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, I, I do. Four, didn't he spend four years at Virginia? Yes. Oh, like well, he was three, a man when three. he came to the NBA. Yeah. Josh Green is basically still a teenager. Yeah, and he, he didn't he didn't have a normal off season. They didn't have summer league. They had a shortened uh, training camp. You know, it, he's just now like right now should just be uh, like with the experience he's gotten since they drafted him at this point, thirteen games in. This should now be at the point where like he would actually be starting <laughs> a normal season, given what he's gone through. Right. Uh, so, I mean, they def you definitely have to give him time. And I do think that, you know, the way Luca has exploded since they drafted him in 2018, 
it definitely has something to do with it. You know, the fan base being spoiled and uh, which look, I get it. I get it. I've been spoiled too. Luca's absolutely incredible. Uh, it makes you want to raise the bar higher for everybody else, given how amazing he plays on a nightly basis. So I do get we, that. We but, huh? Let me just make a quick analogy here and then you can continue. Uh, Luke, getting Luca as a rookie and, you know, watching him do everything that he did. That's like your first ever cut of steak being a <laughs> five-star Wagyu steak. <laughs> and then every steak that you have after that is just, well, this is pretty good, but it's not as good as that other steak. So it kind of sucks, actually. Can I get another one? Why can't this taste like the Wagyu? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also just been such a long time since the Mavs have been in this kind of situation, you know. We talked about it over the offseason. Uh, you know, uh, the the years of no expectations went out the window after what happened last season. Uh, made it into the playoffs for the first time in three years. Uh, went to six games against a tough Clippers team. Luca hitting that crazy buzzer beater in game four. I mean, it just – it really raised expectations. Luca was an all-NBA first-teamer in his second-ever season. <laughs> now he's an MVP favorite. So, uh, with the expectations raised in that regard and then them deciding to use their first-round pick, uh, number 18, instead of using it in a trade or whatever – and getting a guy like Green, everybody's like, oh, well, why isn't he, you know, producing immediately? But like you said, you have to give him time. It's just it, no matter how frustrating it is, we knew he was raw offensively coming into this season. We knew that he, where he was going to, you know, earn Rick Carlisle's respect is going to be on the defensive end, which I think he's done. Rick Carlisle has actually commented on that already. So, the offense is going to come. Like I said, he just has to keep playing with high energy. Uh, the cuts, man, I mean, I really think that's where he's going to make his mark, at least this season, uh, hmm. because the way he can just leave people in the dust after he plants his foot and goes, I mean, like I said, he could end up with four or five wide-open layups a game if he keeps doing that. And if he can do it consistently, that would really help this team going forward. Even when everybody comes back, they still needed a high-quality bench wing, you know. So, if he can, if he can do what he did in Indiana more often, that's going to really help this team going forward. I'm excited to see how he finishes out the year. Yeah, I, I mean, same. I I really wish people would just take a chill pill on this whole thing. But I'm telling you, Dalton, if I hear one more or get one more DM or hear one, see one more tweet, hear one more comment about how they should have taken Desmond Bain instead. <laughs> there were 13 games in. They should have taken Desmond Bain. Like, stop it. Look, stop. Bain, Bain, look, in all fairness, Bain has been really, really good for the Memphis Grizzlies. But – And that's fine. But he's not going to be the defender – that Josh Green is. And Josh Green's offense is going to get there. You know, it's going to 
It's Look, going to eventually get there. If the Mavs liked Desmond Bain so much and, and he was such a good fit, because they know more about basketball than we do, despite what we may think. If they were that high on Desmond Bain, they would have taken him instead of Josh Green. Yeah. Or they would have taken Josh Green and then used their extra second round pick or whatever to move up one spot and take Desmond Bain. Yeah. Both of them. And I mean, thank, thank goodness. Just because someone has a better start to their career at the very, very, very beginning doesn't mean that that, well, that's it. Jury's out. That's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Yeah. And I mean, if I've, I've said this to you and, uh, and our buddy Kirk, but thank goodness that Bain was taken at number 30 instead of 31 because just based on what we've heard, (laughs) even if Bain had been there, you know, it's likely that the Mavs would have taken Terry anyway because they had Terry as a top 20 prospect in that draft. So it didn't happen that way. And thank goodness, because if it had, then, you know, people would really be losing their minds. <laughs> but the Mavs didn't have a chance to draft Maine at number 31, so we don't have to even worry about that. But, you know, don't worry about who else who you, who else you could have picked or who what else could have – like, wait to see what happens when they develop. If, if he develops into a shitty player – sorry, I forgot to bleep myself. <laughs> if, he, if he develops into a bad player, that's one thing. But if he if he develops into if they both end up being good players, then what difference does it make? You still got a good player. Yeah. Just let it play out. It's it will be fine. Everyone just take a deep breath on Josh Green and relax. Yeah. And look, we're it's still early, early in the season, but uh, I mentioned this before before we got on here. All things considered, and given how long the Mavs have been without, you know so many key players for two weeks now and they finally they just now got kp back he's just now rounding into form and despite everything and despite it feeling like our pets heads are falling off and all and all that the Mavs are seven and seven so they're they're playing 500 basketball uh despite all the uh all the inconveniences they've experienced early on this season so if they can just get through the end of January <laughs> where, you know, they have a back-to-back coming up against the Spurs and the Rockets, which, you know, that's manageable. The Spurs, they've been surprisingly, you know, solid uh, early on this season. So I think that's going to be the tougher one. And then I, I really don't expect them to have uh, very many issues against uh, Houston. But then after that, they play the Jazz two times in a row. Who are the number currently number three seed in the West at ten and four, and then they play the Phoenix Suns two times in a row after that, and the Suns are eight and five. They're currently fourth in the West, so that four game stretch is going to be absolutely brutal. <laughs> I'm not really looking forward to it, but hey, if the Mavs do get some key guys back, um, who knows? I mean, when you have Luka Doncic, when you have Kristaps Porzingis, uh, you have a chance to win every game you know, you, you tip off. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I guess the last thing I want to touch on here, Matt, before we take off, you know, we've talked about, we talked about Bradley Beal on the last podcast 
and the Wizards, they're currently having a really bad COVID outbreak, and I don't think they've played in, like, <laughs> close to two weeks now. Uh, but they're 3-8, and eight. and we've talked about Bradley Beal. We've talked about Zach Levine. Uh, his Bulls are doing a lot better than the Wizards, you know, thanks to two wins he got over the Mavs. Uh, but just looking at the standings in the East and the West, is there is there a, a player that could be like an under-the-radar type big acquisition, you know, based on some of these teams that are that are struggling? I'm, I'm saying like aside from the, the main guys we've talked about, you know, uh, we've talked about Victor Oladipo and Bradley Beal and Zach Levine. Is there anybody else just looking at the standings? That that you could see as a potential uh, big acquisition. Does it have to be from a team that's struggling? It doesn't have to be from a team that's struggling, but I think that'd be you know the more. I think there's more chance of that happening if it's a team struggling. But who are you thinking? What about Taylor Horton Tucker? Ooh, he's going to be a free agent next year, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, oh, maybe the Lakers try and get something for him before he signs big. Because he's good. The only thing about that is, and I mean, he is good, and his he's he's only he's only twenty or twenty one, I think, too. He's still got tons of potential to grow as well. But the only thing about him, and we've already seen a report where the Mavs supposedly have interest in him this off season, is he's a restricted free agent. So. I mean, you could – put. I don't know. I'd have to check the rules on this. But the Lakers could potentially, you know, go into the summer with him as a restricted free agent. And if it's just more money than what they would want to pay him, you know, you could eventually do like a sign-and-trade type thing like what uh, Bogdanovich was going to do, uh, the Kings were going to do with Bogdanovich sending him to the Bucks before all that fell apart. Uh, so that's the only thing I think they could still utilize uh, Tucker throughout the rest of this season and then still get something back for him in the offseason if they don't want to uh, uh, pay him what another team wants to. But I do like that idea. I mean, that <laughs> he would help out this team a lot, uh, especially at adding depth. But he's really good, dude. He can he can score. He can score the ball. He can defend. He's got super long arms. I watched that one game uh, that he played against the uh, the Houston Rockets, and I, I just watched his highlights from that game, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I I understand why the Mavs are being linked to this guy." <laughs> mm-hmm. So it it would I would love that, but Matt, I'm gonna throw this out there, and I blame Kirk Henderson for getting my mind going on this, but what about Carl Anthony Towns? I thought you said under the radar. <laughs> well, well, I mean, who who is thinking who is thinking about Carl Anthony Towns to the Mavs though? I mean, that's what I mean. Like we haven't okay. talked well, about this. Okay, well then I misunderstood the question. Yes, I would love to get Carl Anthony Towns. Of course, I would. I would also like a million dollars. <laughs> I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're three and 10. They're the worst at, well, I take that back. Detroit is the worst team in the NBA, but Minnesota, uh, they're right behind them. And I mean, 
I have no idea how it would how it would happen. Uh, it, it would it's probably one of those situations where, you know, you'd have to involve KP, and you know, like we said, the goal is to to have three stars, not you know, swap one out for another one. Even though, you know, we really like well, I really like Bradley Bill, and I would consider doing that, but. Uh, <laughs> So I I don't know exactly how it would happen, but I mean, Matt, if it did, I'm just like trying to envision a front court of Towns and KP and you could still play KP at the five and Towns, he's versatile, versatile enough. You could play him uh, at the four and he'd be like a super maxi, a mega maxi. (laughs) And uh, I mean, Luca would just have a field day uh, dishing to those guys. So I don't know. I we'll, we'll, we might talk about this, you know, closer to the trade deadline if something comes up. It was just an idea that, you know, once Kirk said it, I was just like, my ears went up a little bit, you know. <laughs> like, man, that team's really struggling and they don't look like they're going anywhere anytime soon. But, uh, and D'Angelo Russell, I mean, he's been playing. I looked at his stats the other day. He's actually been playing a lot better than what I thought he was. Uh, and I do think he's a guy that could, you know, help out this Mavs team. But he's also making $30 million two seasons after this one per year. So I, I don't think that would be worth it. Uh, well, uh, my thing with Minnesota and in, in Anthony Towns, I mean, if you can't win with him, how are you ever going to win? <laughs> yeah. He's so good. I don't know, man. Glenn Taylor, he is just – I don't know. He, he struggles. He struggles a lot. And Like, what, what, what I'm getting at here is if you want to rebuild, what are you going to get when you rebuild that's better than Carl Anthony Towns? <laughs> Yeah, it's like that's what I'm saying. Like, you just no, have to. Luke is just, 21 years old, but we suck, so we're gonna rebuild. It's like what? <laughs> How can you rebuild? Your team already sucks, and you're already tanking every year, and you're already getting draft prospects. Yeah, it's just one of those situations where you'd pr- you'd have to like try and get multiple first round picks and hope that <laughs> that a handful of them end up in the top five or top 10 and in the same draft or something like that, you know, maybe with uh, OKC or New Orleans and just hope you strike gold if you get, you know, enough opportunities. But, I mean, you're not going to get to Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> the chances of that happening uh, in the same draft or in consecutive drafts are not very high. So, I, you're right. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what they do from here. But, again, that's why, you know – I would consider that, you know, kind of an under the radar thing for the Mavs. Cause I think I can't even fathom what that front court would be like with, <laughs> with Towns and KP and Luca just having his pick of, you know, which guy he wants to set a pick. Both guys can pick and roll, both can pick and pop, uh, both can just block a ton of shots. I mean, it would be, it would be pretty cool. So. Well, I certainly wouldn't be afraid of Anthony Davis anymore. No, no, right. <laughs> They'd have enough ammo uh, to to realistically 
compete with the Lakers if they met with them in like say the Western Conference Finals. So I don't know. We're we're gonna use next week, and we might just talk. I think we're, what we're gonna do, we're gonna go back to the drawing board here, Matt. And next week when we come back on, we're just gonna like have at least five guys that you know we haven't thought about who who could help the Mavs this season, and you know they could potentially. Uh, put together a realistic trade option for those guys too. So, you know, we've we've got the wheels turning on this episode, and it's going to continue going into the next week. But, <laughs> but guys, look, we appreciate it. Uh, like I said, here in the next week, uh, hopefully by next week, we'll have our our rebrand completed. Uh, we got a new graphic on the way, new logo. Uh, we got a outstanding new uh, intro. We're going to be playing for y'all. Y'all are going to go crazy over it. I know. Uh, but we appreciate y'all coming in and listening every single week. Be sure to rate and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. Leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. Uh, and head on over to our YouTube channel and subscribe there because, like I said, uh, we've got a we've got an awesome hype video in the works uh, that we're going to be publishing on there uh, sometime in the next week. So, guys, we appreciate it. Hope y'all have a great rest of the week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days when I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ. Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's. These days I'm about my chips like a bag of lays. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same. How you real when you say your soul for the fame? Do anything for a dollar. I'ma stay patient because I know God promised me a lot of. Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar. Excited at the idea of being a true baller. Riding in the bins, a copper and pile. Feeling like I made it, now they trying to holler. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.